Welcome to Georgia Realtors Realcast. I'm your host, Maura Neal. Today, we're talking with Georgia Labor Commissioner Mark Butler about the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program. Now, you may have questions about this program. You may have heard that now 1099s and others who don't technically qualify for unemployment in a traditional sense now have some opportunities both through the state and also through this new federal program, the PUA or Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. What this program offers is unemployment benefits to those who are not traditionally or ordinarily eligible to get them. It includes individuals who are self-employed, gig workers, 1099 independent contractors, employees of churches, employees of nonprofits, and even those with limited work history who don't qualify traditionally for state unemployment benefits. We're so honored and thrilled that Commissioner Mark Butler had the time to stop by and talk with us today while his office is experiencing an unprecedented number of unemployment claims just in the last four weeks. Thank you to Mark Butler for his time today, and we hope that this is an informative and educational episode. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us today, Commissioner Mark Butler, the Georgia Labor Commissioner. I'm so pleased to welcome you to GA Realcast and so grateful that you are generously sharing your time with us to discuss Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, or PUA, today. How are you doing, sir? I'm tired. <laughs> uh, no days. I mean, you know, I guess, I guess I'm going back to my days of uh, uh, being a realtor where there are no days off. You work seven days a week. Uh, I thought I had uh, escaped those days once I became labor commissioner, but uh, we're back to doing that, at least for the last month. So uh, very busy. Um, uh, an unprecedented amount of unemployment claims have been filed. Uh, as of right now, today, uh, you're talking uh, over a million claims have been filed for unemployment. And you know, people go, oh, a million. You know, people, I guess now in today's world, we just don't think about those numbers in realistic type terms um but to give that some perspective if you went and looked at the very worst year of the recession which was 2009 uh for the for the entire year combined there was just a little over a million claims filed for the entire year wow. we've done that entire year in four weeks wow uh which you know is 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 insane by any judge of matter and imagine uh being an employee of the Department of Labor, which right now is currently at half the size workforce-wise as it was in 2009, dealing with all of one year's claims that would have been spread out over 12 months, all compacted into four weeks. Right. Uh, it's overwhelming. I mean, to say the least, you know, you see the criticisms out there. Well, how come you guys aren't answering their phones? Well, there's a really good reason why. Uh, depending on where you're calling, if you're calling a local office that may have 20 or 30 employees, they're probably getting you know, 30,000 phone calls. And wow. there's no way that that many people can, can, can pick up the phone. I mean, there's just no way. It's a physical impossibility. And then you talk about our main office, we could be getting anywhere from 100 to 200,000 phone calls a day with probably about 350 employees there. Wow. And so that's a physical impossibility. Well, thank you for the work that you and your staff are doing. Obviously, like you said, these are unprecedented times. They're uncharted waters. But of course, the, the concern on every realtor's mind is with uh, shelter in place and some of the restrictions uh, not only placed on us by 
by the governor's executive order, but also the ones that we're placing on ourselves to keep us and our clients safe and healthy. We're seeing that sales are down and unemployment is on everyone's mind. Everything from the PPP loan and the EIDL through the Small Business Administration down to the state level with unemployment and now the discussions around the pandemic unemployment assistance. So we thought it would be great that you have a little bit of time for us today that you can help to separate fact from myth, answer some questions, talk a little bit about the process and really who should should be applying or even considering applying for this type of money. So I guess the first question on everyone's mind is when, uh, what the process is. I know that there, there's a little bit of information on the website. There's not a, technically an application yet for PUA. So in the event that we find out in a, in a few minutes who does and doesn't qualify, what's the process like? Well, first of all, uh, we did change some of the uh, parts of our regular unemployment application uh, back on the 13th uh, to add some additional questions that are basically identifiers uh, to, to pre-identify individuals that you know, would fall into this category uh, for PUA. Uh, before that, you know, we didn't have those, and so, but we've developed some um, uh, ways to screen former applicants uh, to be able to identify them also. Uh, but going forward, we you know made the process a little bit easier, at least on us, uh, to do that. Uh, and then starting um, Wednesday of this week, the twenty second, uh, those individuals that have applied uh, that fall under the PUA category uh, or have been identified, they're going to receive uh, either an email or there's also a message center uh, in their account. Uh, it'll be both actually uh, that they'll get a notification. Uh, once they get that notification, then they can click on the link, and then at that point, it's going to gather. A lot more information, uh, and a lot of the stuff that you're going to be asked. Uh, it's going to seem silly, but uh, keep in mind this is not our program here in Georgia. This is a federal program, and uh, we are putting in the questions that they ask us to. And if I had to be perfectly honest, we're actually not putting in all the questions that they've asked us to because we're tired of adding questions. Um, uh, it's been hard enough to try to create a program from scratch that did not exist before. <laughs> Uh, and then for them to keep coming back and asking us to make more changes when the people are needing us to come into place, uh, we just said, you know what, there's no more changes. We can't put anything else in this unless they're, unless they're going to come back and tell us, take all these questions out that'll make it easier. But outside of that, uh, we can't add anything else because uh, we're already, you know, burning the midnight oil to get this application uh, coded and ready to go on Wednesday. Uh, but part of the, you know, some of the things that'll be in there, like for example, if you're somebody who's applying and you're a 1099 worker or uh, you have already done your uh, taxes for 2019, uh, the feds will not allow 2018, by the way, um, only 2019, uh, then, you know, it's that part of, uh, of the process is going to be pretty easy because we're going to ask for permission from you to ping your tax information from the Georgia Department of Revenue, uh, which will make that process pretty easy. So once that happens, we can you know, verify the income the things that you've told us, then we can assign you um, uh, an amount of benefit uh, that you would uh, that you would then receive, and then on top of that benefit, you would also receive uh, the pandemic uh, um, unemployment assistance, which is uh, the, the additional six hundred dollars, which current uh, people on unemployment are also getting right now. They just started a couple of weeks ago, so. I mean, that's kind of a nutshell how it works. Uh, but I mean, you need to keep in mind, though, now, if you if you think that you're still going to be making some income, um, I probably wouldn't apply for it. I mean, uh, if your income is totally stopped, 
then yes, you might want to take a look at it. But if you think you're going to have any types of, you know, closings or things like that uh, this month or next month, you need to be very careful because you'll need to report uh, any income you make on a weekly basis. Uh, we did um, increase the threshold of the amount of uh, income you can make before it affects your benefit, uh, which is $300. But then every uh, dollar over that would affect uh, your established benefit. Now, just so I can kind of go ahead and get ahead of the next question or uh, some confusion, sure. you know, you're going to have two benefits that'll be figured in this. One's going to be based on your income, and then one of them's going to be the flat rate, $600. Okay, so let's say that you were getting, for argument's sake, and to make it easy, uh, $200 in a in, in a benefit, and then the $600. Okay, uh, your any income you would make on a weekly basis. Uh, would be you could excuse up to three hundred dollars. So let's say you made four hundred dollars uh, that week. So the first three hundred is excused, and then the next hundred dollars would subtract away from what your that set benefit that you're going to get the the that's based on your income. So instead of the two hundred in this scenario, you'd just get a hundred. You're still getting the same amount of money. You're just getting it. You know, you're not getting it uh, from the the you're getting it from a different source. So it's still the right. net the same amount of money. All right. Now if you exceed um, the, the amount of that set benefit plus, um, the $300, then you wouldn't get anything at all, period. You have to get at least uh, $1 of that benefit that's based on your income, uh, in order to get the $600. I know okay. that seems a little bit crazy, but, uh, but before the pandemic hit, the, the threshold for the additional income was only $50. And we got we worked with the governor uh, to do a, an increase up to three hundred. So it sounds like if you're making any income at all, if you have one closing next month, even if that's less than the ten closings you had this time one year ago, you're really not someone that this is meant for. You really shouldn't be applying for the PUA benefits at all. Well, it could put you in um, a situation depending on how much you make. I mean, obviously you'd have to do the math on it to see, you know how much you uh, uh, get awarded as far as the unemployment benefit, um, then and plus the $300, if you exceed that, you know, you don't need to be claiming those weeks and getting that benefit because then you're going to set yourself up for what we, for what we term as an overpayment, uh, in which in what case, you know, we may not catch it next month, we may not catch it from six months, but at some point, there'll be kind of a reckoning, and then they'll take a look and kind of go back and go, wait a minute, you made money, but... Um, you know, but, you know, you can always defer your uh, uh, some of your payments, I suppose. But uh, and then again, you know, depending on how you pay yourself, I mean, there's I mean, obviously people can get away with doing different things. And I'm not, I'm not telling you to do that. But I mean, I, you, you need to be use a lot of caution in this area because you could get yourself in the possibility of getting yourself in trouble. Uh, but now if you truly have lost all your income, um, then yes, by all means. Uh, go ahead and apply and go through the process. And like I said, if you've already done your taxes uh, and you supply the information that we asked for, the approval process should be fairly quickly once you get that that um, uh, that email and the link. Uh, because we won't have to do the normal process that you would for an individual claim for uh, regular unemployment because we don't have to contact your employer to get information. You are the employer, okay? So you, you've already certified all that. You're self-certifying for yourself. So uh, obviously the biggest issue that the feds are worried about is people gaming the system, but the way it's, well, if I'm going to be quite frank, the way it's actually structured, it's not that hard to game it. 
Interesting. So you did mention um, former applicants. So I know that um, one of the confusing confusing parts of the process has been uh, going in and filling out the application on the Department of Labor website, which we are going to link to in the show notes. There are some questions that are difficult to answer because obviously they're not meant for a 1099 uh, independent contractor. But you um, had told me right before we started recording, be as honest as possible, don't lie. But you are you should expect to get denied initially, correct? Yes, you pretty much have to get denied first uh, because you have to prove that you're not eligible for regular state unemployment. Uh, and if you've never paid into the system, then that's going to be the case. Now, uh, as we also talked about earlier, uh, in my former life before I became the labor commissioner, uh, I was uh, I was dual licensed. I was a, a real estate appraiser and I also had my real estate license. Um, and no, I was not appraising the houses I was selling. Uh, so. <laughs> So I, I, I basically just, uh, I, I actually, I never really listed anything. I just did it mainly for referrals because uh, I found out something years ago that I would refer all these uh, these uh, possible home sales to all my real estate agent friends and they would uh, send me a thank you note. And then I found out if I had my license, I can actually get a referral fee. You can make some money. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so I found it worth it. Uh, you know, and it ended up being pretty good. But um but back in those days, I actually set myself up as an S corporation and I paid myself a, a monthly salary. And so I was a W2 employee to myself. And so in that case, if you are one of those kind of people, uh, you know, you actually can, you know, if you've lost income and you can't pay yourself that, I mean, you, I mean, that's, you know, that's legit and you can lay yourself off. Now, one caveat to that will be any realtors who might be listening, if you applied for and received the PPP loan in order to continue to pay yourself your salary and it only uh, becomes forgivable if you don't lay yourself off, then don't lay yourself off and now try to collect unemployment because as you said, let's not game the system. Let's leave the money there for someone who really needs it. Uh, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say you won't get away with it, but there's a good chance you won't get away with it. And you right. don't want that, that day to come to come because that, uh, you'd be surprised at how this stuff kind of, you know, uh, kind of pulls around. There's a lot of data that's getting, uh, that, that, that's getting cross-checked right now. And the amount of data that we're bringing in because of this is astounding, uh, to be quite frank. Right. But, but back to uh, the getting denied. So you need to prove that you don't officially qualify. So you should expect when you fill out that initial application. I just want to make sure that we're really clear for anyone listening. You should expect to get denied. And then you mentioned yes. um, starting on Wednesday, most likely, when, because you, you're not adding any more questions to this uh, new application <laughs> from the feds. Well, but, now, wait a minute. There's going to be there's there's questions on the application that are going to be new, but we're right. not adding. Y'all haven't seen any of the questions, but trust me, they were going to add a whole bunch more right. as of Friday and even uh, today. And I was like, no more. We there's no more programming that we've got time to get this done. So right. Uh, and it, yes, I mean you you you'll you'll be notified. Sure. And and when you say that former applicants will be notified. Uh, and I, and in reading the website, I'm seeing that as well, that it says that if you've already applied, you don't need to refile again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not reapply. Of course, we right now we've got that's actually been one of the big issues that we've been trying to tackle over the last three or four days. We've got some people that have gotten impatient, even on regular unemployment, because they think that you file one day and the checks start coming like a couple of days later. Mm -hmm. And when it does and they start refiling, refiling, refiling. 
And so we've got some people that's got like four and five unemployment applications, which by the way, shows up as fraud. Um, and so those individuals are actually going to have a hard time getting unemployment because we've got to unravel all the mess they just made. So do not apply again. You will have a chance because we can actually, I mean, it's not going to be just self-employed to get this. There are going to be, like, I'll give a good example. My daughter, okay. Uh, she's not in Georgia anymore. She actually lives in another state, but she only just started working last fall. And because uh, this last quarter's wages have not been reported yet, uh, because you you uh, report wages as a business to the Department of Labor's around the country on a quarterly basis, she only has one quarter of wages, which is not enough for her to qualify for unemployment. So she is actually going to be applying for, for PUA also, and she will mm -hmm. qualify for it then. Mm -hmm. um, because then she can send in some additional information like her pay stubs and whatnot, and then they'll come up with a, an amount. And so she'll be identified because she actually got a letter of denial based on the fact that she didn't have enough wages. So just like that person would be identified by our system, so would you if you got back a determination letter saying that you have zero wages and you've been denied. And the reason why it's coming back is you have zero wages. We are not the IRS, okay? Uh, right. We don't know if, in, unless you're paying unemployment on yourself, if you're a, like an S corp and you're paying yourself, you made yourself a W-2, we have no idea how much you make, you know, any of that kind of stuff. None of that's in here. Uh, somebody who gets unemployment regularly, what happens is the employer is part of the unemployment system. They send us a wage report uh, every quarter that's got all their employees, social security numbers, and then the wages that they pay them. Plus they pay a tax to go along with that. And so all their information is already in our system. So that's easy to, to do an unemployment for uh, somebody like that. But this new system that Congress came up with, which by the way, was a terribly bad fit for us. Um, we have no information on any, any of the people who are going to be applying for this. So we had to basically create a system to capture all this. And then we've got to go and capture all that information and pull it in there. And then we have to come up uh, with a benefit. So it's people act like, why can't you just start sending out money? Well, there's requirements that we're, that we're told that we have to do. The federal government just won't let you just start throwing money out, and at least not in our situation, without verifying who you are uh, and how much you make and, and a whole bunch of other things they want us to gather too. So when we're talking about former applicants who have already been denied, how far back are you looking? Um, is it a week? Is it four weeks? How far back are you identifying people, people like your daughter or 1099? You're basically going back, you know, uh, back back to when the, the governor uh, declared uh, the, the state of emergency. So okay. you, you're going way back into March. Okay, that's good to know. So anyone who has applied basically from the governor's state of emergency announcement, which was prior to the shelter in place, uh, is, is someone oh, yes. who should not apply again. <laughs> I want to make sure that that's Correct. clear. And then when we're talking about um, people who have already filed their 2019 taxes, you mentioned that's a pretty easy task for you to go to the Georgia Department of Revenue and pull that information. With the IRS uh, deadline being pushed out, what about those people who have not yet filed or completed filing or received their tax returns back for 2019? The process obviously is going to have to be different for them. What does that look like? Well, they're going to have to be able to upload uh, their information to us. And I would strongly suggest if you're one of those individuals that are going to be in this boat, then it's probably a little bit too late to start trying to file your taxes now. But the sooner you can do those, the better, because it'll be much easier. Otherwise, uh, your process is going to be very manual and it's going to be very labor intensive on our side, because then you're going to start uploading documents, sending or, or mailing us documents uh, for us to take and go through by hand. Um, 
that was the the funny part about all this, which is really not funny, is when the U.S. Department of Labor first, when they first came out with the rules on this, the only thing that they had on their list of things you had to have was your 2019 tax return, mm-hmm. which we turned around and called them that Monday, which was as soon as we could call them. Uh, it was like, you do realize that the deadline's been pushed back and a lot of people are not going to have done this. And they're like, oh, yeah. And so then they started coming up with all these different ways you can do it. And uh, it's kind of a hodgepodge of things. But all this is uh, actually, if you'll go to our website, it, all the different ways that you can, things you can use to prove your income, it's all on our website. Uh, if you like, look under the COVID-19 banner and you'll click it, uh, you'll see some of the information posted in there. And then you'll see a, a, a link to click to go to PUA. Uh, which it, it's got very detailed instructions uh, about how to go about doing this. It's been up there, uh, I think, since the 13th uh, of April. Uh, and it shows you all the different types of forms uh, or proof of, of income. And if you're a 1099 worker uh, and you know, you're um, and whomever has already sent in your 1099s, we also uh, are going to be set up to be able to access those from Department of Revenue also. Uh, you know, part of the application process from that link is giving us permission to ping your records because we have to get your permission. We can't just go do it. Right, right. And some very specific questions that we've received from uh, some of the local realtor associations around the state have to do with, and I, I hate to go back and harp on it, but I just wanted to get your input because when we are looking at, and you know this, having been a realtor and an appraiser, even though you had an S Corp and you set yourself up for a salary, for those 1099 employees who need to prove that they don't qualify for uh, regular unemployment, how would you answer questions such as, what is the lowest salary you will accept and what was your rate of pay on your last job? Because those are things that we calculate by commission, transaction by transaction. So would they leave that blank? Would they factor their average hourly Okay, rate? well, that's that song. Okay. <laughs> Don't stress over those questions uh, because a lot of the questions that are in the regular unemployment uh, application are there not so much to determine whether or not you qualify for unemployment is is as much as it is as part of the system to gather information on somebody who's become unemployed to help them become reemployed. Right. And so we gather that information and then, you know, that gives us all that data. And so when we start working with somebody to help get them another job, then all those questions have already been answered for us. And then we can start sending them, uh, you know, possible job scenarios, things like that. But see, work search has been, you know, suspended right now by us. So, I mean, just, you know, answer it the best that you can. I mean, there's no, I mean, I, you can't give like a pat answer out there. I mean, uh, I mean obviously, you, you know, I mean, if I was going to say that, salary. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a whole lot less than what I was making now. You know I mean? Right. Unless you think you're all of a sudden your value has dropped. <laughs> I mean, which I, most people do not think that their value has dropped. So, right. Uh, but yeah, don't, uh, don't get too stressed out over a lot of those questions. Just, you know, answer them the best you can, because the main thing is it's going to look, and when it goes and pings your wages in our system, it's going to come up with none unless mm-hmm. you are a W2 employee. Right. And the reason I ask, and I hope you know, is that that has been where a lot of our 1099 independent contractor realtors are, they're just getting hung up on that initial application. They just get stuck there and then they think, well, I don't want to lie. I don't want to get caught, you know, have someone suspect me of fraud, but I also don't know how to get past the step. So that's good for them to be able to hear that from you, to put in what you, what your value was when things were normal and just move past those questions and, and get to the end of the application. Uh, is there anything that we haven't discussed uh, regarding eligibility, 
Um, you know, if you were working at the Realtor Association or you were advising realtors, which I know you really, you can't give advice, but are there questions that we haven't discussed or is there um, some, some scenario that we're not thinking about in this conversation that you want to make sure that you mention for those realtors to keep in mind as they work through this process? I would just say use your best judgment as far as whether or not you need to apply for this. I mean, you know, everybody knows their own situation. I mean, if you've got a lot of closings, do you think they're going to happen? You know, and, and, you know, we, I think we were talking earlier. I mean, if you're, if you're anywhere remotely close to $4,000 or more a month, this is probably not going to be worth your time uh, because you're going to probably make too much to be able, you know, if you put it, if you, if you put down your, your weekly uh, income, even like, even if you took the $4,000 and you spread it out, uh, you know, $1,000 per week for that month, um, even then you're going to be over the threshold significantly. So um, just, you know, use your best judgment on whether or not you should, you should apply for this. Uh, so just answer the questions the best you can to be honest. Right. And then uh, lastly, I just want to ask, because we are hearing from our um, senior economist at the National Association of Realtors, he has been urging realtors across the country to be applying for this through their state. Um, but obviously, he can only make a blanket statement. He can't make an individual case by case, person by person statement. It sounds like what we need to do is listen to the advice that we're getting from him, listen to what you're telling us. But really, as you said, make, a, make your best judgment about your own situation and what you know your income is going to be. Because the last thing you want to do is six months, nine months, 12 months down the road, have the Georgia Department of Labor knocking on your door and asking why you accepted funds that you really maybe didn't need or weren't qualified for. Does that sound about accurate? That's pretty close. But also, I mean, you know, if you do need it, then go get it. I mean, Absolutely. you know, I mean, if you, if, if for whatever reason, your situation, maybe you're a, um, maybe you're a realtor who's just starting out and, you know, you really haven't got that, you know, big established base of clients and things like that, you know, because uh, I mean, you know, being, you know, I was in real estate in one form or fashion or another for 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and then before that, my, you know, my, my dad was in it. Uh, and then my grandfather was a builder. So, I mean, our, our connection to the field goes back generations. I mean, everybody's situation is different. And so if you, if you, if you see, if you can see down the road, the best you can with that crystal ball that you have in your gut uh, that, you know what, I don't, I don't see this being in, in a good spot down the road. I don't, I don't see any, you know, you know, talk to your clients, you know, uh, what if you talk to someone and go, you know what, I, I've lost my job. I lost my job. I don't think I'm gonna be able to get my loan now. You're going to know about these things and you're going to know what's going down the road and you need to adjust accordingly. Um, and so uh, I think maybe as a safety valve, you can always apply for it. Uh, then if you get approved, uh, if you make too much, then, you know, you, you just need to put the amount of money in there that you think that you've made uh, for that week and don't collect any unemployment that week. Because uh, if you make too much money that week, it's going to disqualify you anyway. But then you'll still be in the process. Right. And uh, lastly, let's say we have uh, someone who does have a great month coming up this month, maybe next month. Um, but after that, it's looking pretty bleak. How long do you have any idea of how long this is going to last? Or is it going to be a PPP loan situation where money runs out? Uh, or that someone could say, well, June's looking pretty bleak. I'm going to wait and apply in May for June 
we just don't know what the what the end date might be? Well, I mean, right now, how the legislation currently stands, it only runs out, I mean, it runs through the, um, the end of July. So, uh, you know, I wish I could tell you, I, I wish I knew it was going to end. I wish it would end tomorrow. I mean, right. uh, this is rough on everybody. Sure. So, but I mean, uh, I mean, the, the good news is, I mean, you know, if you're good right now, it's still going to be here. Uh, so there's no big rush, even though, you know, the application stuff starts sending out. Um, if you want to wait a little bit, you can always wait. And as the process goes, you know, through kind of its growing pains, and I, I do expect some because mm -hmm. we've never done this before and this, this type this type of program, uh, you know, it may be even a smoother process. And also if you haven't filed your taxes, you know, it may give you some time to go ahead and file your taxes uh, for last year, get that out of the way because then it makes the process a whole lot faster and a whole lot easier. Right. Right. So it sounds like the, the important nuggets, the bullet points, and let me know if I miss any, apply through the website for regular unemployment, get denied. Uh, wait to be contacted, don't apply again, because you will be contacted with something regarding the PUA to allow you to fill out those new questions and that application. Assess your own situation, one-on-one, -on -one, case by case, decide if you do or you don't need it and whether or not to pursue it work on those 2019 taxes if you haven't done them already and of course patience is the name of the game because as you mentioned earlier the amount of claims has far surpassed what we saw in in, in the worst year of our most recent recession and it's not getting any better so be patient with your staff be, be patient with the process everyone's in the same boat and and it sounds like uh everyone's working as hard as they can to get things done as quickly as they can that's about it you summed it up really well. <laughs> okay. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? I so appreciate your time today, Commissioner Butler. Just keep selling and uh, stay safe. All right. Well, thank you for your time. And thank you so much for joining us on the Georgia Realtors uh, podcast. And I hope that you have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please visit our show notes at garealcast.com for a link to the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program page on the Georgia Department of Labor website. Please also like and subscribe to us. It helps others to know we exist and it boosts our ratings. Stay safe and healthy and have a great one.